2: The Hound of the Baskervilles by A. Colin Doyle Chapter Two The Curse of the Baskervilles I have in my pocket a manuscript, said Dr. James Mortimer. I deserved it as you entered the room, said Holmes. It's an old manuscript, early 18th century, unless it is a forgery. How can you say that, sir? He was ended in an inch or two of it in my examination all the time that he had been talking. It could it would be a poor expert who could not give the date of a document within a decade or so. You may possibly have read my little monograph upon the subject. I put that at seventeen thirty. That date is seventeen forty two, Dr. Mortimer drew it from his breast pocket. This family paper was committed to my care by Sir Charles Baskerville, whose sudden and tragic death some three months ago created such excitement in Devonshire. I may say that I was—I that I was his personal friend as well as his medical attendant. He was a strong-minded man, sir, shrewd, practical, and an imaginative as I am myself. Yet he took this document very seriously. His mind was prepared for just such an end it did eventually overtake him. Holmes stretched out his hand from a manuscript and flattened it upon his knee. You observe, Watson, your intentive use of longs and short is one of those several indications which enabled me to fix the date. I looked over his shoulder and at the yellow paper and a faded script. Ahead was written Baskerville Hall, below in large scoring figures, seventeen forty-two. It appears to be a statement of some sort. Yes, it is a statement of a certain legend which runs in the Baskerville family. But I understand it is something more modern and practical than which you wish to consult me. Most modern and most practical. Pressing matter, which must be must be decided within 44 hours, and a manuscript is short and intimately connected. Intimately connected with the fair. With your permission, I will read it to you. Hosely back in his chair, placed his fingertips together and closed his eyes with an air of imagination. The world turned the manuscript, and liked the light, and read a high, crackling voice the full and curious old well narrative of the origin of the hound of the Baskervilles. There have been many statements, yet, as I come in direct line from Hugo Baskerville, as I had the story from my father, who also had it from his. I set it down with all the beliefs that it occurred, even here, as it is here set forth. I Would would you believe my son's same justice which punishes sin may also, also most, grace, most gracefully forgive it, and to no ban is so heavy, but my prayer and repentance, it may be removed. Learn. Then let this story not to fear the fruits of the past, rather to circumspect in the future those foul passions, whereby our family has suffered, so grievously may not again be loosened to our undoing. Know oh, then and that in the history of great rebellion, history of which my by, by learned Lord Carrington, I must earnestly commend to your attention this manor of Batterville was held by Hugo, the name nor can it be grain said He was a most wild, profane, and godless man. Then in truth his neighbours might have pardoned. This in truth his neighbours might have pardoned, seeing that his have never flourished in these parts. But there was in him a certain warrant and cool humour which made his boy name a byword through the West. It chanced that this Hugo came to love, so these a darker passion may be, known under so bright a name, a daughter of a yeoman who la- hailed lands near the best of cut estate. The young maiden, being discreet a good repute, would never avoid him, for she feared his evil name. So ever avoid him, for she feared his evil name. so he came to pass that one Michaelmas, this higo with five or six of his idol, a wicked companion and down upon the farm Kate of the maiden and his father and brothers being from their home as well he, he well knew when they had brought her to the hall the maiden was placed in upper chamber while hugo and his friends sat down to a long carousel as as was their nightly custom now the poor lass upstairs would like to have a witch turned at singing shouting terrible oaths which came up to her from below. For they say that the words used by Hugo Bascuil, when he was in wine, was such as might blast a man who said them. Alas, in the stress of her fear, she did which might have daunted the bravest and most active man. For by men, by the, men, by the aid of the growth of ivy, which covered and still covers the south she came down by the eaves, so homeward across the moor where, being three leagues, stretched the whole of her father's farm. It chanced that some little time later Hugo left his guest to carry food and drink, with other worse things perchance, to his captive, and so found the cage empty. The bird escaped, and as it would seem, he became as one that hath the devil. For rushing down the stairs, in the dining-hall he sprang upon the great table flagons and trenches flying before him he cried loud for all the company that he would that very night render his body and soul to the powers of evil if he might but overtake the wrench and while the revellers stood aghast at the fury of the man more more and more wicked or it may be more drunken than the rest cried out they should put their hounds upon her Whereat, Hogo ran for the house, crying his grooms that they should settle his mare and kennel the pack, giving the hounds of a kerchief t- c- t- t- for the maids, he swung them to the line, so full crying the moonlight over the moor. Now for some space, wherever revelers stood agape, unable to understand all that had been done in such haste, that of none they had removed wits awoke to the nature of the deed, which was like to be done upon the moorlands. Every was now in an uproar, some calling for their pistols, some for their horses, some for another flask of wine. At length some sense came back to the crazed mines, and now at the whole of them, thirty in number, took horses, started in pursuit. Moon shone clear above them. They rode swiftly abreast, taking a that course which the maid must needs. Had taken if she were to reach her own home, it had gone a mile or two when they passed when the light shepherds over the moorlands, and they cried to him to know he had seen the hunt, and if a man as though he goes was so crazy a fear he would scarce speak but at last he said he had and indeed seen an unhappy maiden with the hounds upon the track, but he' seen more than that said he, for you go best par me. Upon his black mare, and then ran moot behind him, such a hound of hell, as God forbid, should they ever go be at, at my heels. So the drunken squires cursed the shepherd, and rolled onward. But, but soon their skins turned cold, for there came a glam thing across the mall, the black mare dabbled with white froth, went past the train bottle an empty saddle, and revers rode close together with great fear was on them but they still followed over the moor for though each had been alone would have turned right glad to have turned his horse, his head riding slowly in his fashion they came last upon the hounds there though known for their valour and their breed, breed there were whimpering a cluster head of a deep dip or goil, as we call it upon the moor some sinking away and some with starting hackles and staring eyes gazing down the narrow valley beyond for them company came to a halt more sober men as you may guess then when they started and most of them would by no means advance but three of them the boldest or it may be the most drunken, rolled forward down the goyle I opened into broad space in which stood two those great stones still to be seen there which were set by certain forgotten peoples in the days of old no was shining bright upon the clearing and there in the centre lay the unhappy maiden where she had fallen dead of fear of fatigue but it was not the sight of her body nor yet was it the body of hugo bresqueville lying near her which raised her hair upon their heads those three daredevil roysters. But he was at, standing over Hugo, plucking his throat, there stood a foul thing, a great black beast, shaped like a hound, yet larger than any hound that ever mortal, ever mortal eye has rested upon, and even as they looked at the thing tore the throat out of Hugo Besselville, at which it turned its blazing eyes and dripping jaws upon them. Freak shrieked with fear and rode for the dear life, till screaming across the moor. Once it said died, their very night of what he had seen and the other twain were but broken men for the rest of their days such is the tale of my sons of the coming of the hound which is said to have plagued the family so slowly ever since if i have set it down because that which is clearly known hath less terror than which that is which but hinted and at the, at the and bet and guest, nor can it be denied that many of the family been unhappy in their deaths, which was been sudden, bloody, and mysterious. It may we shelter ourselves in the goodness of Providence, which which would not forgive punish the innocent beyond the third or fourth generation, which is threatened by in the holy writ through the of sons, Providence of my sons. Providence, my sons, so I command you command you and counsel you by way of caution to forbear of crossing the moor those dark hours. Then the powers of evil are exalted. This is from Hugo Basco to his sons, Roger and John, with instructions that they say nothing thereof of
0: to their sister Elizabeth. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks.
2: When Dr. Mortimer had finished reading this single narrative, he pushed his spectacles up through his forehead and stared across at Mr. Sherlock Mr. Mr. Holmes, the latter, yawned, and tossed the end of his cigarette into the fire. Well, did he? Do you not, do not find it interesting? To a collector of fairy tales, Dr. Mortimer drew a folded newspaper out of his pocket. Now, Miss Holmes, you will give you something a little more recent. This is Devon County Chronicle of May 14th of this year. It's a short account of the fact is listed at the death of sir charles Baskerville. occurred a few days before that date a friend leaned a little forward his expression became intent our visitor read adjusted his glasses began a recent sudden death of sir charles Baskerville, whose name had been mentioned probable level candidate for mid Devon at the next election cast a gloom over the county though sir charles have resided in Bataville Hill for a comparatively short period, his admirable ready of character, extreme generosity, one an affection and respect of all who have been brought into contact with him these days the new virile riches, refreshing to find a case where the action of an old country family, which has fallen upon evil days, is able to make his own fortune, to bring it back with him to restore the fallen grandeur of his lines Sir Charles, well known, made large money, sums of money, in South African speculation, more wise than those who go on till the wheel turns against them. He realizes gains and returned to England with them. Only two years since he took up residence at Baskerville Hall. It's common talk how large were those schemes of extraction, rec- rec- improvement, which had been interrupted by his death. Being himself told us, it is his openly. He openly expressed desire that the whole country should, with his own lifetime, profit with good fortune. Many will have personal reasons for believing his untimely end. His generous donation to local and county charities have been frequently chronicled in his columns. Tangents connected with the death of Sir Charles cannot be said to have been entirely cleared up by the inquest, but least enough had been done to dispose of those rumours for which local superstition has, has given rise. There is no reason whatsoever to suspect foul play or to imagine that death could be from any other natural, any but natural causes. The so Charles was a widower, a man who may be said to have been in some ways of eccentric habit of mind. but his considerable wealth, he his private, it's personal tastes, the indoor servants, a basil hall, considered of a married couple named Barrymore, the husband acting as a butler, his wife as but- housekeeper. Their evidence, corroborated by the several of, of several friends, tends to show that the child's health was for some time being impaired, points especially to some affection of the heart, manifests itself in change of color, breathlessness, and acute attacks of nervous depression. The change, while of a friend, a medical attendant or the deceased, is given evidence of the same effect, facts of this case. Case is simple. Sir so Charles Baskerville was a habit every night for going to bed to walking down the famous view valley alley of Baskerville Hall. Evidence of Barrymore shows this had been this had been his custom. The fourth of May, Sir Charles declared his intention of starting next day for London, and ordered Barrymore to pair his carry luggage. The night he went out the usual for his internal walk, the course of which was that in the habit of smoking a cigar, he had returned at twelve o'clock very morning, finding the door still open, came alarmed and lighting a land, and went in search of his master. The day he had been wet, and Sir Charles met marks, or easily traced down the alley. Here, way down his walk, was a gate which leads out to the moor, with indications that Sir Charles had stood for some time here. He had been then down the alley. It was at the far end of it that his body was, uh, was discovered. One fact which has not been not been explained is the statement of Mary Moore. The master footsteps altered their character from the time he passed the Moorgate. They appeared from thence onward to have been walking upon his toes. One Murphy, a gypsy horse dealer, was on the moor at, at no great distance at the time. He appears, by his own confession, had been the worst sort of drink. Declares he heard cries, they he to state, from what direction the came by its violence, was to be discovered upon Sir Charles's person, although the doctor's evidence pointed to an almost incredible facial distortion, so great that Doctor Mortimer refused at first to believe. Indeed, his friend and patient, who lay before him, explained it's a system, symptom, which is not unusual in cases like deformitoria, death from cardiac exhaustion, its evanation explanation borne out by post-mortem examination, which showed long-standing organic disease, the coroner's jury returned a verdict in accordance with medical evidence. It is well that this is so, For it is of the, sea, the utmost importance that Charles Eyre should settle the whole and continue the good work, which has been so sadly interrupted, had the a it finding the coroner not finding an end to the romantic stories, been whispered and connected with an affair, it might have been difficult to find a tenant at Baskerville Hall. It understood next kin is Mr. Henry Baskerville, who is still alive, the son, Sir Charles Baskerville's younger brother, a young man, when left heard, or was in America. The Cry has been instituted to form, view of performing of his good fortune. Dr. Mortimer refolded his paper and replaced it in his pocket. These are the public facts, mister Holmes, in connection with the death of Sir Charles Bascule. I think must think you, said Sherlock Holmes, That's calling my attention. The case much certainly presents some features of interest. I observed uh, some newspaper comment com- at a time but seemingly preoccupied at- by a little affair of the vacant Vatican-, Vatican cameos and my anxiety obliged the Pope. I lost touch with several interesting English earth- ca- in cases. I was going to say, contains all the public facts he does now let me have the private ones he leaned back with his fingertips tips together assumed his most impassive and dutiful school expression in doing so said dr mortimer where it begins to show signs of strong emotion i am telling you that which i am not confided in anyone my motive of holding it from the coroner's inquiry that a of sight shrinks from placing himself in public positions seeing to endorse a popular superstition i had no further motive at basketball hall as the paper says would have certainly remained untenanted if anything were done to increase it already rather grim reputation. For both these reasons, I thought i was just intending rather less. I knew since my no practical good result from it. But with you, there's no reason why I should not be frankly, perfectly frank. I'm always very sparsely tampered, and those who live near. And those who live very near each other are thrown very much together. For this reason I saw a great deal of Sir Bess Charles Westfield, the section of Mr. Franklin, of Hill Hall, and Mr. Stapleton. Actually, you know other men of education been with many miles. The Charles of Retired Man, Charles' illness brought as the giver, a community of interest in science kept us. So he brought some scientific information for South Africa. Many times an evening we have spent together discussing the cabaret anatomy of the bushman Herodot. Har- but Within the last few moments comes increasingly plain to me, Sir Charles nervousness was a strange breaking point. he takes taken his legend, which I have read for you secretly to heart, so much so that oh he would walk his own grounds, nothing would induce him to go out upon the moor at night. Incredible as it may appear to you, Mister Holmes, is as he convinced a dreadful fate overhung his family and certainly the records he is able to give his ancestors were not encouraging. The idea of having of some ghostly presence, ghostly constantly haunted him. No more than one occasion, he was joined me, asked me whether I had him at my, asked, on my medical journeys at night. I had seen these strange creature or heard the baying of the hound. That a question put me to several put me several times, always a voice reverberated with excitement. I can well remember driving to his house, and even some three weeks before the fatal event, he chanced to be at his hall door, descending from my gig I was standing in front of him when I saw his eyes fix themselves upon my shoulder, stare past me, with an expression of the most dreadful horror. I wished around and just c- time to catch on the glimpse something which had took to be a large black calf passing the head of dry, so slighted alarm was he that was compelled to go back to the spot where the animal had been and looked around for it. He was gone, however. The incident appeared to make the most impression on his mind. Save with him all evening, is on that occasion explained the motion. He has shown that you confide in my keeping the narrative which I read to you. When I first came, I mentioned his small episodes, because it seems some important a view of the tragedy which followed. I convinced at the time the matter was entirely trivial, and his excitement, as I knew affected, and the constant anxiety in which he lived, however communical, the cause of it might be was evidently having a serious effect upon his health for a few months among the direct stretch of the town, sending back a few a new man. His simple and a mutual friend, was most concerned of his state of health, was of the same opinion. At the last instant, came this terrible catastrophe. On the night Sir Charles Death, very the butler, who made the discovery, sent Perkins, the groom, on horseback to me. I was sitting at late, late, and I was able to reach Baskerville Hall. Now, an, an event I checked and collaborated all the facts which were mentioned at the inquest. For the footsteps down the Valley, a sort of spot like more mole rate we seemed to have rated I remarked the change and shape of the prints. After the point, I noted there were no other footsteps save those of Barrymore on the soft gravel. Finally, a carefully examined the body, which had not been touched until my we arrival. The child lay on his face, his arms out, his fingers dug in the ground features convulsed with some strong emotion to such an intent i could hardly have sworn to his identity to state no physical injury of any kind but one false statement was made by barrymore at the inquest he said there were no traces on the ground around the body but he did not observe any but i did some little distance off, but fresh and clear footprints footprints a man or woman's so the Lord looked strangely at us for an instance his voice sank a almost a whisper as he answered Mr. Holmes. They were the footsteps of a gigantic hound.